The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. stars. Welcome. This is Sharita Star. It's the Sharita Star and Power Hour. Thank you for being here. And good day, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are listening from in the world on Mind Body Spirit FM. It's time once again to get empowered, dear stars. Welcome to episode 22 and the 9th of 2023. The Law of Attraction, Power of Gratitude, and Reaping Our Soul Certainty Rewards. Our last episode, and eighth for 2023, was our Spring 2023 Eclipse Season Special. And as we are airing this episode today on May 5th, we are experiencing a lunar eclipse. Which, of course, we have a full moon above us as well. And everything is coming from that movement and challenge energy within the sign of transformational Scorpio. So be sure if you're joining us today for the first time, and thank you so much, to check out that last episode because that's going to tell you about what's going on. Uh, This is the second eclipse that has come in of 2023. On the lunar uh, end, we had a solar one on the 20th of April, and we are also under the infamous cycle of reflection of Mercury retrograde, and we will still be doing so until the 14th of May. This is all happening within Taurus, and for those of you who are again or new, uh, be sure to check out Go to my uh, go-to information here and look up Soul Certainty Community. That is through, that is my community on Patreon. Uh, You can find that link access through sharitastar.com. And there is a Mastering Mercury Retrograde Workshop available and all the more uh, personal eclipse, what we do with our lunaroscopes, up there as well. So you can find out what the personal view is from your sun sign perspective of where for these next six months, both of these eclipses have asked for your potent initiation or potent reflection. Because what eclipses do beyond a new moon or a full moon is they extend the natural waxing or the waning phase that we experience month to month 
for a six-month period. And unless it's a total eclipse, which we are still under the, the blanket of since last November, on November 8th, uh, we only deal with the, with the energy of these eclipses for about a six-month period because most of the time they're partial. But again, we are working through autumn of 2023 with the lunar eclipse that happened November 8th of 2022. So all of that is in the last episode. And um, I, you know, again, check that out if you haven't done so already, because it it definitely is going to connect a lot of dots as to, as I'm sure you will agree, as this is airing, uh, the energies collectively are, well, they're more stirred up than ever. <laughs> as was grace under pressure promised, as we will be dealing with a lot of movement and challenge to heal. And there's so much healing going on on this planet right now. So we, we truly, truly need to step up in our consciousness practices and never compromise living consciously right now. And by the way, happy Cinco de Mayo for those who celebrate um, the uh, 5th of May from our uh, Mexican, Spanish friends, everyone who gets into the Cinco de Mayo energies. I know Mexican flair has taken over America by storm. That's been happening for a good couple of decades. And um, so, but always be safe and um, use your mindfulness, you know. I know a lot of people like to break out the alcohol <laughs> and it's a f- full moon and a lunar eclipse. So, you know, be careful and it's Mercury retrograde. So there's extra caution to be careful. So got all that in the last episode. Check that out. All right. So today we are going to dive in. Uh, Mind, Body, Spirit FM has uh, been, uh, we've got this theme going on of let's focus on some gratitude. And I I have found that to be just a marvelous choice, especially right now, because as I had related, uh, especially concerning this current Mercury retrograde, we were going to be, and this will just continue throughout the year with other cycles of reflection that we're going to be pulling in, especially come the summertime, is this collective energy is so pushing, pushing, pushing the fact that you're dealing with more fear, you're dealing with the energy of lack. You know, there's this collective push that wants you to believe you're going to have nothing. There's just a collective push of fear of losing everything, losing our security, losing our sense of stability, you know, all of these things. And the practice and the power that gratitude has. And today we're going to talk about how the energy of gratitude from a numerological perspective, as well as what the spell out the truth lexigrams entail, can help us ground and center our gratitude practices. And then when we take a look at what we do personally, and how we can apply the gratitude to what is going on in our current forecast and also just really understanding the workings of our natal chart. We can really, really take this practice of gratitude and 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 put it to, you know, truly individualized work. Um, most of you know who have 
you know, if you've been following me for a long time, you know, I'm just very anti cookie cutter coaching. I don't do things like that because this work that I, you know, am doing it, it is about you as the individual. It is about honoring who you are so uniquely that you couldn't possibly be cut in a cookie cutter situation. And, you know, collectively, there's a lot of that as well going on that, oh, you get, you know what, you, you, we're going to throw you in this mold and, and, and this is who you're going to be. No, you have to honor the self always. There, there is nothing more powerful. And I, let's start off with gratitude to the self. There's nothing more powerful than having gratitude, giving it to yourself. Because once you do all of that energetically, where you can recognize how gratitude shows up otherwise and what you can be giving gratitude for, no matter what circumstances are going on, there's always something to be grateful for. There's always something to give intense appreciation. Always. No matter how bleak anything could plausibly look. Even in a crisis, there is a way that gratitude is able to allow us to have grace through that experience, no matter what it is trying to teach us. So I had, you know, when Mind, Body, Spirit asked us uh, podcasters if, if we would be interested in dedicating a show to gratitude, I was like, oh God, I've been talking about gratitude for like well over a decade. <laughs> So that's not a problem. <laughs> and I am also a big fan of Rudolf Steiner. So I've got a lot of things to share from his perspective, just about the energy of gratitude. And then we're going to tie in what the, how the numerology backs up a lot of the things that he, he understood about it and, and how we can partake in it in a uh, very conscious way. And then we're going to dive into how it, it works for you. And also we're going to, again, dive into those lexigrams because the lexigrams, as we spell out the truth from gratitude, are, are really fun. One, one of my, I have so many favorite words uh, that I have acquired since I got my lexigramming hat on. And I'll, I'll touch base uh, when we get to that portion of the episode here of what the lexigrams are for the for our new our new listeners. So this is one of my favorite very shorter quotes and then we're going to get into uh, a passage that that Steiner had had written concerning gratitude. But this is one of the things he powerfully said uh concerning it. Gratitude ultimately brings us to veneration and love of the life bestowing spirit of man. It gives birth to love, and love makes the heart open for the spirit powers pervading life. Rudolf Steiner. His, uh, for those of you who may or may not know who Rudolf Steiner is, he is the the founder of the uh, the Waldorf Education, uh, which there are schools globally, and he had such a uh, profound spiritual understanding of, of, you know, how we develop as human beings and what you should or should not be doing with a child, especially from the ages of zero to seven, because 
And this so matches up with astrology, which he was a very big fan of. He very much understood astrology to a great deal. And, but he said, you should not teach a child to read or write until their age of seven. Because from when you arrive until the, the, the age of seven years old, you are doing your most intense emotional development that you'll ever do in your entire life. And not that you don't emotionally develop when you're older and more mature, as I always like to say, but you're like the roots of your emotional bank account. So those deposits that we get from zero to seven are critical. That's the most critical time in any human being's life that you are working with understanding what emotion is. And, you know, just think about what it means to be a child from, you know, being born being an infant and then, you know, evolving to seven years of age. So he said, just teach and educate a child through music and through art. And you're going to work those feelings in that the the true talent of that child is going to cultivate much better than if you're teaching it all this logistics at, you know, any age before seven. And what I love about that with connectivity, which I'm sure he understands, I I mean, I've never really seen him explain it this way, but when I connect the dots to astrology, that is the first development of, to age seven of where Saturn in even within a child's chart will have moved to the first squaring off that it will do within back to the natal Saturn in the chart. So Saturn takes, and you've heard me talk about Saturn returns, there's there's life cycles, that was one of the first episodes I ever did last summer, you can check that out, there's so, so many um, go-to episode archives uh, that are now here in the collection, so always, you know, browse, re-listen at your leisure, but Saturn is our planet of self-reliance, our planet of responsibility, so we reach one level of very strong maturity, even though we're quite young, at the age of seven, because that Saturn is making on its current transit at that time in our life, it is, it is making a powerful connection. It will oppose the natal when we're 14. It'll come back for another square when we're 21. And then we get the return when we are 28 to 30 years of age, the first return we ever have. And that's when the, the Saturn is back at the natal point in, in the birth chart again. So it's, it's a time when we reach our late thirties that we can take what we've learned, take those experiences, and then we kind of sort through what works, sort through what doesn't. So most people who make very important critical decisions in their life about thinking, oh, whoa, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? You you really don't even understand what that is until you arrive at your late thir- late twenties. Um, sorry if I said late late thirties before. <laughs> so it it is a Mercury retrograde episode, so we we may have mistakes. Um, so we are at that level of maturity by the the first level of maturity we we honestly reach where we can move forward from the age of 28 to 30 years of age and then uh, you know really work with the things we're meant to be focused on at that time 
So a lot of the things that we decide to do, thinking, oh, this is going to be for the rest of my life that we implement into our routine or our lifestyle when we're in our 20s, they, they leave us because they may or may not be the right thing to be taking forward. So just a little background on 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 how, you know, Steiner understood uh, that I, I I just so appreciate his uh, perspective on education and and what you know should be focused on, and I actually have a, a a Waldorf school that I live about you know two miles from where I am here in New York, and I have watched various children uh, that I've known, uh, you know, have the entire education throughout their life. And I watch them become a, a young adult and graduate and they do plays and music and, and they are, there, there is something to be said about what he understood because these children are so artistically inclined. They're very grounded. Their energy is amazing. And, and, and I tell you what, they know the words, please. And they definitely know the words. Thank you. And I, I don't know about you, but I do look at some of the youth today and I, and I, I observe they are lacking gratitude in, 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 in a very alarming way. They don't understand gratitude at all. And that's going to be a shame for the future. So we, we need to focus on our children and make sure that our children truly are are cultivated to practice gratitude in their life all the time. So I'm going to read this passage that that Steiner also put more more into it's it's it covers the same quote but it's it's just a little more in depth and we will connect more dots of how he understood the energy of gratitude. Gratitude is the vessel that we lift to the gods that they may Fill it with their wonder gifts. If in all earnestness we foster the feeling of thankfulness, then gratitude, living devotion must be there to the invisible spiritual givers of life. And it is the most beautiful way to be led from one's personality to the super sensible if this guidance goes through gratitude. Gratitude ultimately brings us to veneration and love of the stowing spirit of man. It gives birth to love, and love makes the heart open for the spirit powers pervading life. If, after every meditation, we arouse in ourselves the feeling of gratefulness and reverence, a feeling that we can call a mood of prayer, and be aware in what grace we are taking part, we shall realize that we are on the right path for spiritual worlds to approach us. Rudolf Steiner, Guidance and Esoteric Training. That is where that passage is from. And I, I just adore all the things he, he connects here, which I'll level up on from the numbers end. And, and it's how it, it that gratitude is connected to love, Gratitude is connected to meditation, and it's also connected to feeling. And all of that is what we work with when it comes to understanding 
the power of the law of attraction. And in essence, what the wonder of gratitude is going to be able to do to enhance that law of attraction practice. And then as we, again, work as the individual, because of course, everybody's human experience is very specialized. It's very different. Uh, that's why you can't be cookie cutter coaching everything. You know, it, it, it takes away from what the individual truly needs. So you have to cultivate the individual in order for things to really turn out for the best for the soul. So one of the things that we do with numerology, aside from we understand all the ways that the numbers work in um, our birthday and how they cast off all kinds. We have a numerological birth chart. We have personal year cycles. We have all kinds of pinnacle period cycles, you name it. But the other way that we work with numerology is understanding the connection of the numbers to the alphabet. So this is when we get into to calculating name expressions. So this can be done through any word a, a, a title of something, uh, obviously a person's name. So we have not only, you know, our numerological birth chart, you know, cycles and information as, as it is like an astrological one, but our name has a whole nother just, you know, deep exploration to look at as far as the energy that it guides us with. And of course, how we have our name legalized, which should always read the same on our documents. And granted, we do show up most of the time, you know, with a full full name, which includes a middle one. And we don't always maybe use that in our legal identity. We might shorten you know, the middle name to an initial, et cetera. And of course, if you have a passport, it's always on there in full. So that's the energy we came in under. But most of the time we kind of end up tweaking our, you know, the identity of who we are, you know, on our bank cards, um, you know, bank things, banking, our licenses, you know, any legal or even a business card, which is not so much of a legal identity, but it's still how, you're handing that card to somebody and they see your name in print, that energy is still going to pull off that. They may not consciously realize it, but it's there. And that is what is attracting to you. So our name expression is critical to understand for ourselves. And it gets real fun when we start looking at words. So there was another episode I explained the difference between, because I utilize the Chaldean Hebrew Kabbalah alphabet which omits the number nine. There's a whole reason for that, but I don't want to get too far into that. And you take your, whatever name, word, title you're looking at, and you, it's like a language in my head now. So I, I just write out someone's name and, or a word name title, and I just jot down the numbers underneath the letters. And then we start doing these calculations and there's rules for that and holding master numbers and all this other fun stuff that you just got to understand. So when we take the word gratitude and we put all the numbers down and add them up, we get the number 30, which is a three vibration, three and zero reduced down to one uh, to three. Jupiter guided. Jupiter is all about abundance. It's all about the truth. 
to that honesty. Jupiter's always gratuitous. Unless it's way out of whack. And then it's entitled. And there's all sorts of other weirdness. But on the good side of, the, of, of any three root energy, you're always getting this philosophical understanding of what Jupiter is all about. So gratitude is 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 guided by planet Jupiter. But the Chaldean karmic mystery that it tells us, which is this, is just it's it's really this is gonna be interesting for those who love connecting dots like me. Uh the 30 represents the loner meditation. That's the all the Chaldean karmic mysteries have a title to them. So the 30 is the loner meditation. And I find this definition to, after what you've just heard uh, us discussed concerning Steiner and what his conception was, I don't think he studied Chaldean numerology directly, at least from what I've ever been able to research. But his he understood, nevertheless, how this works. So Chaldean karmic mystery of the 30. This is a number of retrospection thoughtful deduction, and mental superiority over others. However, it belongs completely to the mental plane, and those represented by it often put all material things to the side, not because they have to, but because they wish to do so. The vibration of the 30 can be all-powerful, but it is often indifferent, according to the will of the entity it reflects. The energy tends to favor tacturn loners, those preferring to be alone with their own thoughts. The 30 will indulge in the experiences that life has to offer, but also desire to retreat from society as well when necessary. 30 doesn't deny happiness or success, but fulfillment is more than often found in retreating from the chaos of the marketplace so that one's mental superiority may be used to develop something worthwhile to the world and to write ideas which may change the world and or to protect and develop one's personal talents, such as art or other gifts. It indicates a lonely yet frequently rewarding life pattern. So isn't it interesting that, you know, you're obviously working with the practice of gratitude and, and, and you're working. And there's so many ways we can invite the practice of gratitude into our life. Uh, you know, a lot of people have a gratitude journal of some kind or, you know, they get up in the morning and, you know, think of three things that they are thankful for. You know, you can do a simple breath meditation where you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, you know, inhaling on the inhale, you're just inhaling gratitude. You just pull in gratitude towards you as you're pulling in and then you're exhaling whatever it is you want to release. There's so many different ways. Uh, journaling is, is, is a, you know, obviously very powerful way to get what's going on and, and all that mental, you know, capacities that we have, but, to practice that even on a daily basis or, you know, and I'll get into some other ways that, you know, understanding our personal 
um, you know, our, our own astrology and numerology uh, guidance, as well as what we can do with our forecasting and how you can implement gratitude into that. And and let's see what, what we get. Um, the journaling overall is, is a powerful tool for, you know, being more committed to our gratitude practices. And what we tend to notice is the more we have a grounded energy coming from the space of gratitude, the more, again, no matter what circumstance we may or may not be under, that may present more challenges than, than others, we have a, uh, you know, there's just this proactive way that we naturally respond to things and we're not reacting to them. So gratitude is, is, is key for, you know, for that to actually happen. Now it's interesting when, you know, cause Steiner mentions about like how much gratitude is so connected to love. And what I would back up with that is, as well as both love and gratitude are three vibrational name uh, t- words. So the, the gratitude is guided by the 30. And when you add up the letters in love, you they equate to 21, which is another three vibration. So the two and the one reduce to three. Both are threes. So love and gratitude are both backed up by Jupiter. They're backed up in philosophy and and the the way that you know optimally on, on the plus side of things, it's it Jupiter and, and three energy is about you know very jovial generous, seeking to learn, you know, always that being reachable and teachable, uh, equally aiming to please energy and where we really take the belief systems, our truth, our, and our, you know, genuine honesty. And all of that in our philosophy bank account. So, you know, Jupiter is the planet as powerful as it is, abundant as it is, it is always about learning, growing, and, and you know, truly, 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 truly working with seeing the glass half full, no matter, again, what circumstances there, that is coloring something in a way that, you know, we're, we're like, wow. This is, this is, this is a, this is a bumpy spot. <laughs> so gratitude, there's always something I, I, you know, I, I, I challenge anybody, no matter what, where gratitude cannot be found. You can always find something, no matter how bleak again, or seemingly devastating anything is there's something to be grateful for which will turn into gratitude and that just allows that healing whatever that is even if the situation comes in and it's it's a hardship it's still giving you something to walk away with a lesson for and that is there's the gratitude I've learned a lesson because again giving the gratitude to the self before we're pulling in all the other things that we want to be working with from the outside that we're grateful for. It, it, it's having gratitude for the self. And uh, again, we're, 
going to get to that uh, a little bit later here in the in the hour of how to work with that with our charts so we we can you know just have that really nice fine-tuned focus that is necessary so now we're going to move on to the lexagrams and this is um this fun this was one of my again I have so many favorite words since I learned how to lexagram that I didn't understand were my favorite words so lexagrams, again, for my, my new listeners, uh, lexagrams are, you can learn more about them on my website. Uh, there's a book I've published called It's All in the Name that's under publications. You can view a, a very short two and a half minute book trailer on that. It might even be two minutes, two minutes of your time. And it explains through people's names. And so the, the whole book is dedicated to chapters of uh, different people throughout history, casting them into, you know, different categories. I I have sports in there. I have animals. I have horses that are racehorses, you know, that are famous, uh, businesses, you know, and just simple words as well. So what we do with the art of lexigramming is I really, you know, kind of come to understand what it is, is, you're going to take whatever the word name of the title is. And, and so you have that as your base. And what lexigrams are is taking the ability to anagram whatever that original name word or title is. And then we take the anagrams and we spell out the truth. Now, of course, an anagram, most of you probably know, but in case you don't, an anagram is is only spelling other words that are using the letters in the original. So you can't pull in other letters. You, you just got to focus on what that word itself or name title is is got to work with. If you're really into like Scrabble and, 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 you know, crossword puzzles and, and all that fun stuff, lexigrams will be your next best friend and your next total uh, healthy addiction. Because once you get into these things, you can't, you can't help but see it <laughs> anymore. It's really fun. So what we're going to do here next is just relate what the phrase is. So when you take these anagrams and then the art of the lexigramming is phrasing those anagrams like poetry or prose to spell out the truth. So it relates to the word. It's always going to go back to the original word or the name or the title that you're, you're examining. There's always going to be a truth. And with people's names, these lexigrams are beyond. I mean, you just can't make it up how on point they are. And that's all the evidence that I compiled in the book. Of course, that book is 12 years old. So <laughs> I, I need a re, a re, a, what's the word? Is it re, I re-edition it? I don't even know. Um, but I'm, I, I, or I'm going to do a second edition or I'm going to do something with it um, on my spare time because I've got so much of that these days. <laughs> Like all of you, right? Are we not like overwhelmed with so many different things that we've got to do and keep up with and whatnot? So, but I, I think a, I think a whole other new edition may be on the way uh, that won't repeat what I talked about in the first book. But um, we, we might actually take some of the people I put in there and update what the stories is saying from the name. 
So without further ado, let's spell out the truth of gratitude. I trade trite rage. I trade irate argue. I tried a rage tirade dare. I drag it. I rue it. I tried a turgid, tur, turgid dare. I get a great rut. Adia, rude rage. Adia, irate argue. Dare I guide. Dig it. I tried a true urge. I utter a great true urge. I audit. I attire a tried idea, a true urge trait. I target a great attitude treat. I get it. A great dear attitude trait. I get a great target. I guard, I guide true. I ride a great true dear attitude aid, a great true idea. And I invite you to play around with it yourself and see what you get. Now remember the rules. All you can do is utilize the letters that are in gratitude and then you derive your own anagrams and see what you get. I always, my favorite thing to, is just, gratitude is a great true attitude. That is like the simplest thing you can say from it. But there's all that other fun stuff. And lexigrams, you know, they they are, you've got to bend your mind a little bit, you know, in the prose that some of it can come out. It's not perfectly spoken English sometimes. You know, sometimes it's it's just a little... You know, it's because you don't have the freedom of just throwing in any old letter in there to make your point. But the, you know, to trade rage, which is what comes out of one of the things that comes out of gratitude. It's like, yeah, I'm going to trade that. I'm I'm not using rage and I'm going to try a different idea. So that's the fun stuff on gratitude and how we can spell out the truth. And now we're going to move along to working with gratitude and how we can understand, you know, working even more intently with our law of attraction practices. And again, go back to last, I think those all came out in late August, September-ish time frame. I did a, a, a series of Law of Attraction episodes connecting to astrology, connecting to numerology, connecting to these lexigrams. So I kind of covered a lot a lot of other interesting things to, to understand um, as we all work with our Law of Attraction and you know, again, personalize this because it's another thing that I, you know, when I started studying law of attraction and and I just realized like, wow, but if we really work with this through our personalized maps here and, and all we have in, in our individual way of looking at ourselves Oh, this is like even more interesting to me. So uh, when I work with law of attraction, I'm first and foremost focused on lunar cycles because I 
you know, the biggest general understanding of law of attraction is how do you feel? How do you feel? What is the emotion behind anything you're doing in your life? Whether it's the job you have, the friends you have, looking at what you have. <laughs> and how do you feel about all of that? Is that any of it with gratitude? Because if we're not exercising the practice of gratitude in these areas of our life, number one, then we're, we're, we're definitely not attracting what we want either. And we're getting more of the experiences that are just trying as Jupiter is, is in charge of the gratitude. Well, sometimes we might have to learn something. We may have to be the kneeling submissive student and we've got to work in this capacity. So, when I first started, and it's the lunar under, connecting the lunar cycles to law of attraction in the astrology perspective was how I started to develop the lunaroscopes that I write, and those are exclusively on uh, Soul Certainty Community on Patreon. But there's a historic, there's like I think a decade's worth of them on my website. <laughs> And you can see that if you scroll down on the right side of any page of it, there's different categories of the the blogs that I've input into the site over the last 15 years, I guess. I think it's been more than that. But there's a, a slew of them for, I, I think I did them online complimentary for about a decade. And then, you know, we had to decide to level up and do something different. So now the, they come out twice a month. So I write these lunaroscopes on a new moon and a full moon. And again, that that's all up for our eclipses that have just kicked off. So you have, have those and what all that means. But when we have the lunar cycles, we're, we're always working with either the energy of we've had a new moon and we're pulling in to our life. So we're initiating. And that will happen once a month and move around our whole wheel that we have as an astrology guide, the map we own. When we get here, that's cast from that moment we draw, draw breath and know the location and that's how you set up your chart, natal chart. So where that happens once a month is a perfect place to focus on gratitude. Looking at that, whatever area of life it is, and going, ah, okay, here's, you know, and, and, and to look at what you already have and look at how that life is, how that area of the life is already set up, whether that be your career, your friendships, your children, your your brain children, um, what you do for work, what you do in your privacy, what you do with your friends, what you do with your money, what you do with your home. W what do you already have established there and what can you give gratitude for when that new moon comes in once a month, once a year? Because it's always going to get, well, the, on a natal chart, it might be a little different. Might be twice in one year. You never know. Got to look at the charts. But 
as you look at the lunaroscopes on soul certainty or the, the back history of them, they are written from the sun sign perspective. So just knowing your sun sign, like a regular horoscope you read in a newspaper is how I set that up um, as a way to reach people who just want to look at that. I'm not the biggest fan of, of you know, it, it's interesting. I'm not the biggest fan of horoscopes because I don't really, they, they, like, you know, we say they, they, they just like ping a little bit of something and not to say that's not valuable, but they just, it's like a little, it's like somebody plucking you with their, with their fingers. It's not the nuts and the bolts. And your natal chart is always where you get the nuts and the bolts, you know, and, and, and that's the juicy stuff. You know, that's that deeper dish, like really deliciousness of, oh, this is how these energies are really working with me right now. So I always invite, always understand your natal chart. But when we're working with a new moon, especially, we can pull in the gratitude for what we already have that is within that area of particular, you know, the particular area of the life so that we are allowing the new to really attract itself because the universe is going to understand, oh, you've already sat here and you've done this soul work and your energy is ready to receive because you've acknowledged in that meditative state or journaling or whatever it is that you do, you do, whatever practice works for you to do it. The universe is like, ah, that one, that one knows. Let's see what new stuff we're going to attract. And you naturally open the channel in your life so much easier. Because again, law of attraction is about our feeling and our emotion and the moon and our lunar cycles are who is in charge of that. If you don't get the feeling base in your life, you are never going to have it together. This is why the feelings and, and what we do with our lunar cycles are so important to understand. And so we take these new moons and then we wax on. So we, we're in a waning phase. Uh, sorry, we wax on. We, wa we are waxing. We're pulling in. We're pulling in. And then we arrive at that full moon. Again, once a month. Sometimes we get a blue moon and they fall in the same calendar month, things like that. Or as we've just experienced, when we had the solar eclipse in, in Aries on the 20th of April, that was at the very end of, of Aries and we had had a new moon at the very beginning of, of the degrees of Aries as we opened spring. So we had, we just had two new moons and one with an eclipse happened in the very beginning and the very end of Aries. That's, that's a rarity that won't happen again for quite some time. Um, but every so often the math equates to, equates to that. And we always say that's sort of like a blue moon understanding, but it's also a blue moon when two lunations of the same, a new moon or a full moon fall in the same calendar month, which is also going to clip either the very beginning and the very end of the month that has to work out that way. So when we arrive at the full moon and as we have today, 
with our lunar eclipse attached under Mercury retrograde. <laughs> it's always about reflection. So we're working now with huge, huge reflection. And even when we're working with the energy of reflection, we're still working, we can still implement that gratitude because it's this taking and we may have more of the energy under these time frames of because it's reflection and it's release and it's letting go and it's pulling away when a waning phase is when it's pulling off and then we're going to go we're going to wane until we get back to the next new moon and that just ebbs and flows and bebops around you can think of how this works in your chart if you if you take that circle of your birth chart and you have, think of, think of like a seesaw. So you have one new moon point, And then by the time you're done waxing, the full moon is, is, is like the other side of the seesaw goes down. And then we wane. And then the other side of the seesaw has moved. It's like a seesaw that pivots and, and keeps just going in a circle. So you'll notice that as time moves along, things are just going to keep moving in the chart. Ding, ding, ding. Now what's fun about astrology is it goes counterclockwise. So you've got to understand that it doesn't look like a clock. That's probably the biggest trick for people is, is they, when they look at an astrology wheel, they think of a clock and you can't look at it like a clock. You have to think backwards. And that's one way to understand your chart a lot differently. If, if that's always been a pickle, um, Think of your chart in a backwards clock because that's how the time is moving. That's how the cycles are going. Everything's going backwards. I know it's kind of challenging to visualize, but if that helps anybody who's been like, why don't I understand the way this moves? Well, it's because you're you're going in the wrong direction. You have to think backwards in an astrology wheel when you want to understand how the transits are going, just as a little point of reference. All right. So lunar cycles are extremely important. They, they are, to me, the most, the, the, you have to start there with your personal forecast and even understanding your own natal moon. So wherever the moon was when you were born is equally critical because it's how you feel in your life. What sign is it in? What area of your birth chart is it in? It's, this is always where the area of your life is going to consistently need gratitude from that feeling base. And when you get, you know, emotionally rattled, you may get like kind of more uh -uh, aggravated, frustrated with this area of your life. And then you're going to be blocking that law of attraction. Because you're blocking your gratitude if you're going, oh, this isn't right, and that's not right, and I'm caught up in worry, and I blah, 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 blah. So we always want to shift. That's my, I, I repeat myself quite a bit. I always say, and I know it's easier said than done, depending on circumstances, but I always say to people, if you are worried about something, it doesn't mean you're not meant to be concerned about that. But the energy of worry is far different and it gets you nowhere. But if you shift that consciously, 
to concern. What will attract to you as solutions, when it, whatever the situation is in your life, you will find your grace under whatever pressure it is. And we are under intense grace under pressure on this planet right now. So that's that's a collective thing, but it's always the way we're going to be dealing the best with wherever our moon is in our chart, wherever it, it wherever it's natally positioned, that particular area of our life will always need concern versus worry to proactively allow gratitude to channel, love to channel, and solutions to channel. However, that you know really is is individualized for for for, for the you know. For anybody personally. Another way that we can work with our gratitude practice is understanding where our personal year focuses. And this is shifting things to from um, the emotions and, and our, our moon lunar guided space to where we are on a new numerological cycle. We spin in time in nine. You have all that in those back episodes connecting to the law of attraction. And when we're working with whatever year we're in, in our nine-year span, that we just keep circulating through, once we land on our life path, we will start a pattern of how we will circulate new year to new year in our life, not the universal new year, but our birthday to birthday, which is our solar return. But that's when we click officially, mathematically, into the energy of whatever personal year is going to be guiding us for that time. So understanding what the personal year focus is about and what that wants of us is another place to put your gratitude. I, you know, if I'm meant to be nurturing in my year ahead, I've got to be grateful for the fact that I can nurture. If I'm meant to be putting my roots into the ground, I have to be grateful for the, the ability to create foundation. If I'm in a year of, of, I'm finding change after change in movement and there's a lot of blossoming going on, we need to be grateful for that. Years when we have the gratitude to be grateful to be able to do inner work. And then we can have our harvest and then really give the gratitude for, for our harvest time. When that year shows up, it's always in a number eight year. It's when the kick, the kick, the eighth year of a nine-year span is your harvest year. But again, I'm not going to get into explaining all that. That's a back episode from last summer. Check check out Law of Attraction and, and the numerology because that, that, that'll explain all of that and how those cycles work. And then we can be also be gratitude in this space of gratitude when we need to let go. And work with conclusions, work with finalizations. Be so grateful that something, a door closed in our life. Be grateful that the door closed. Have gratitude for that because it was meant to get out of our way, even if sometimes we don't even understand that in the moment. There's a reason why things leave us, even if they leave us unexpectedly. It's, it's, it's part of how we are working, again, with the root. When you look back to the gratitude and you look back to the love, you're working with the 
philosophy, that abundance of Jupiter, the truth, no matter how honest that has to be. And we could be grateful for the things that have to leave our life sometimes and, and, and work more proactively as we should. Now, another way we can work with gratitude and, you know, who we are and, and is, is just looking at the natal chart itself. Now, any natal chart is divided into 12 pieces, which all have their own meaning. And we start with ourself. And, and interesting, the chart, when you read a chart, it starts with you. Who are you? It doesn't want you concerned with anything else yet. It wants you to work with you. So the first place you should ever give gratitude is always yourself. Give gratitude for being here. Because you're here. If you if you wake up every day and you can allow yourself to take a deep breath, you're you're already halfway there. And as we work with our natal charts from that point, we go through what we have in our life, how we, you know, do we, you know, be, let's be grateful for our ability to communicate, be grateful, be, have gratitude for what, how we have our minds. Maybe sometimes we have to work on that a little bit, but be grateful that you have a mind that functions. Be grateful for your home and your family. Be grateful for your children and your ability to manifest. Be grateful for your ability to serve yourself and other people. Be grateful for your relationships. Be grateful for your wealth. Be grateful for your abilities to learn and your ability to be reachable and teachable. Be grateful for your career. Be grateful for a professional life that you have. And if that's not something that it's not the picture you want, you still have to be grateful for where you are with it so that you can attract the right situation if you need to change that. Be grateful for your friendships. Be grateful for the groups and the different experiences that you're a part of. Be grateful for the future, even before it arrives. And as we finish this wheel of astrology or in, that our natal charts allow us to understand, we can be grateful for the time that we have in our life to process things and to work on a deeper subconscious inner level. Even be grateful for the fact that we can dream at night. And allow ourselves to learn something on a deeper level, spiritual insight. All of those things. And that's just a very quick, 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 quick walk around the astrology chart and, and how we can, can work with that. And there's, there's so much that we can do. Uh, there's so many ways that we can work with gratitude and, you know, allow it to enhance our life and especially in these collective times because we are so heavily heavily inundated with fear and lack and all of these things going on crises and you know you, you name it it's going on am i right you name it it's happening and and every day there's something new to process to digest to take in and this is why really I'll go right back to, you know, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Murray, your line of sight, your sphere of influence, be grateful, have gratitude, 
it's going to serve you and it will expand from there accordingly. So it's a lovely, it's a lovely, lovely thing, this practice and this world of gratitude. And as always, I thank you so much for being here and taking another silent listen to the Sharita Star Empower Hour. Be sure to connect with the go-to link for today's episode to continue to explore more concerning the energetic wonders of gratitude. We'll be back on May 19th with more Consciousness Conversation for 2023. And I want you, dear listeners, to let me know what you want me to talk about next. Please connect with me via email at sharita at sharitastar.com and send me your want to know more about topics by May 10th. I look forward to allowing your voices to be heard as we all continue to work together to remain empowered in our soul certainty. This is Sharita Star from Mind Body Spirit FM signing off for today's message to never compromise living consciously. Take good care of each other. Namaste, dear stars. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.